Welcome once again to 20 Minute Topic. I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. And this week the big topic has obviously been the Supreme Court ruling. Greg and I both believe that some very dangerous precedents have been set and that's what we're going to be discussing for the next 20 minutes. Greg, I'm going to begin by saying that um, Boris Johnson's prorogation of Parliament was done in a cynical way. However, it's worth looking at the bigger picture here. And this is why I say to people, people who are rejoicing at the verdict of the Supreme Court on Tuesday, ought to be very careful what they wish for. And as Lord David Newberger warned in October 2009 that the planned new court, um, the Supreme Court, could assert itself against Parliament-based government. And he said then there was a real risk of judges arrogating to themselves greater power than they have at the moment. And he also said that the Supreme Court had been created, in his words, as a result of what appears to have been a last-minute decision over a glass of whiskey. And then he added... The danger is that you muck around with the Constitution like the British Constitution at your peril because you do not know what the consequences of any change will be. And the the highest court in England and Wales, okay, slightly different thing in Scotland, but in England and Wales is the Crown in Parliament, which, as they used to teach us, had the power to do everything except turn a man into a woman. I'm guessing in these more gender-fluid terms you've got to be careful saying things like that. But it contains the truth, and that is that Parliament can make any law and overturn any law made by itself or by the courts. And as we saw, um, okay, Parliament was overdue a prorogation anyway, and Boris Johnson effectively wanted to extend what is a normal break in late September and early October anyway for the party conference season by an additional two weeks. But we saw already even in the few days it returned in September, how it effectively get, Parliament effectively gave him two black eyes by severely restricting him um, over the European Union. He now has to legally write this letter and request an extension if nothing has been agreed by October the 14th. So Parliament was... I don't like what Parliament did, but Parliament was doing its job. My point is, Greg, that the reason what we have seen this week and why it is so dangerous is we now have a layer above Parliament of 11 individuals who are not elected ruling against Parliament. And also, before I let you in on this, why was the Supreme Court, those 11 justices, Lady Hale and so forth, they came to a very different conclusion to the High Court of England and Wales just a week or so before? I think this has been a very, very dangerous precedent set. You said in that introduction that it was believed by Lord Newberg that it had been decided at the last minute over a glass of whiskey. I think it would take at least a bottle for an idiot to dream up this scheme. But let us look at the so-called Supreme Court, supposedly the highest court with power over Britain. Firstly, the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom is a member of the network of the presidents of the Supreme Judicial Courts of the European Union. Secondly, nine out of 11 of the justices received a stipend of more than 175,000 a year from the EU. In what capacity? As um, members of the Supreme Court. Yeah, but how did that money get from the EU to them? On what authority were they paid 
a salary by the EU? Because um, Tony Blair, um, after that bottle of whiskey, had set up the Supreme Court on that basis. It is a European court, not a British court. It functions on different law. It has assumed to itself the right to make law which no other court in Britain has ever been able to do outside of Parliament. So also bear in mind that even the lowliest of local councillors in these United Kingdoms has to declare any pecuniary interests they may have. These individuals do not. Clearly, one can understand why these unelected, unvetted appointees corruptly funded by the EU, in my opinion, would vote against the interests of democracy and the vote of the British peoples, the British courts have no role of this type in government. In Britain, where the people are sovereign, unlike the European Union, could there be any better reason to leave the EU than the fact that it lacks democracy to this extent? Be minded that European law is absolutely alien to British law, in that it's based on Roman law with an overlay of Code Napoleon, under which no citizen has the right to do anything unless it is permitted by law. Right, now let, let, let's, stop there. let's stop there for a moment because you're touching on some important points though they are. But I, I, there's something that concerns me even more than what you just said, valid though it is. Um, this Supreme Court, I reiterate, is just 10 years old. By 11 votes to none, it condemned the Johnson government for suspending Parliament by what was in reality just a few extra days. That in itself is extremely odd, particularly since it goes against the High Court of England and Wales, what they had ruled just days before. Now, first of all, point one, how is this a legal problem at all? Parliament was, was not dissolved or arrested by soldiers or anything like that. There wasn't a military coup. Nobody has tried to make law in its absence or raise taxes without it. It was effectively just taking, what, two weeks extra holiday, if that, at a time of year when it normally takes three weeks away for party conferences anyway. This is what really gets me about this, whether Brexit happens or not, and again, that is up in the air now, but we now have 11 justices who have not only overruled a court below them, but this Supreme Court is now above Parliament, and that opens all sorts of possibilities. You asked how it has done this. It has done this by a judicial coup foreign on behalf of the European Union. Hmm which I would consider is totally ultra-virus to our own constitution. Hmm. It is claimed we don't have a written constitution because it isn't laid out in permanently updated miles of textbook. It's a written constitution that has grown by acts of parliament subsequently. Yes, that constitution yes. that started that, that started from a very different principle to this incredibly alien format of law that pertains in continental Europe. Yeah, yeah, and this this is important because 
again, I remember this from A-Level Law, and it was, what, October 2000 that the Human Rights Act came in, and I remember I was involved in a debate with my tutors at the time, and it was predicted by certain learned people at the time that this was a huge fundamental change because in our system in this country, you can do what you like unless it is prohibited by law, whereas the continental system, it's written down in black and white what you can do. And that is a fundamentally different relationship between the individual and the state. And that that is why we ended up with these incredible clashes when the Human Rights Act came in. Incidentally, I am aware that the Human Rights Act and the European Court of Human Rights is not an EU body, but EU members do have to be a part of it. Now, what really gets me, and again, I've already touched on this, but it's, it's worth exploring. Now, the High Court, not the Supreme Court now, but the High Court of England and Wales, when it delivered its verdict on the Johnson government, the High Court contains some of the sharpest and the most experienced legal brains in the country. And yet, members of this new court, the Supreme Court, 11 of them unanimously overruled the High Court which, again, you have to be very senior to get anywhere near the High Court. And it looked fairly obvious for the opportunity to boss the executive about for the first time. The Supreme Court had just taken this for its own sake. Um, Britain is now the sort of country where judges can strike down the actions of a head of government. And alas, it's not the sort of country where those mysterious judges have to undergo um, searching hearings before they are appointed. Who appointed the Supreme Court? They were appointed by a panel, but again, who was behind this panel? This Supreme Court answers to nobody, and it's overruling Parliament. If Boris Johnson acted cynically in Parliament, Parliament can act against him, and indeed did, by delivering the two black eyes before the prorogation, and indeed the electorate can act, act against it in a general election. This Supreme Court has massively overstepped the authority, and I've been trying to get this point across to people all week, particularly on social media. Whatever you may think of Boris Johnson, whatever you may think of the prorogation and however cynically in it was done, and I do think it was cynical, be very careful what you wish for, because this is an incredibly dangerous thing that happened on Tuesday. I agree with you entirely. Um, this is, as I have said, in my opinion totally ultra-virus. They have invented new law, imposed it on our own High Court, who had obeyed the Constitution and made judgment thereon. They have reversed that decision on behalf of their masters in Europe, totally against the will and wishes of the British people by a majority, and they have declared Boris Johnson and his government's action as legally unacceptable. This is total, dishonest bunkum. So Parliament then returned on Wednesday. John Burko inevitably was gloating in his, the tone he took. Not just there, but he, he sat in that seat for 11 hours without a break and he was loving it. But Parliament itself returned and achieved in that long sitting, and Boris Johnson answered questions for three hours on his way back immediately after he returned from the United Nations in New York. And that, that three hours achieved, as far as I could tell, and I sat through most of it live, it achieved absolutely nothing. I sat through Parliament from 11.30 in the morning when it was returned from uh, prorogation and reconvened and it was effectively made clear that it had not been prorogued 
because that was an unlawful act, therefore it hadn't been prorogued. How you can make retrospective law with any degree of integrity is beyond me. And what's, where, where does the Queen come into all this? Uh, the Queen um, has acted unlawfully as far as Europe is concerned. And does she have to answer to the, the European courts? Because... Uh, no, the attempt is being made to blame Boris Johnson for telling her the truth. Hmm. But... It, it is a disgraceful situation for which I have nothing but contempt. That is why we need to be out of the European Union on or before the 31st of October. Yes, but I think it's now more serious than that because when Parliament did return and we saw the showboating that went on all day Wednesday and how not very much at all has been achieved in the two days since at the time we're recording this going into the we weekend. We did notice, however, in that showboating that the opposition benches hadn't a sound argument to bless themselves with. And finally, it was disgraceful to watch selected women of the opposition benches quite literally dragging the, the corpse of Joe Cox MP, who was tragically murdered by a member of her constituency who was widely believed to have mental health issues into the, the discussion and seeking to set up the Prime Minister as violently speaking when he referred to the bill that bound the, our own Prime Minister's hands behind his back in negotiation and calling it the Surrender Bill and also stating the fact that the people of Britain who had been promised that their decision voted on by the largest number of people ever to vote in these United Kingdoms, showing a majority of 4%, a clear majority, had been promised it would be obeyed by Parliament. Parliament then went on to have an election where the two main parties of Parliament included in their manifestos the solemn undertaking that they would honour the promise made by the government of honouring the vote of the public to leave the European Union. 17.4 million of our electorate, 52% against 48%, would be that wish would be carried out. We had had what everyone had known from the beginning was a binary decision. The choice was, do you wish to remain in the European Union or do you wish to leave? There were no ifs, no buts, no equivocation, and the British public voted by a lead of 4% that they wished to leave the European Union. And on, yeah, on this subject then of the threats and the acts of violence we've seen, obviously we know about what happened with Jess Phillips and um, well, the police are involved in that now, so we can't talk about it too much. But in terms of tone and language being used, um, Boris Johnson has been condemned widely from some rather shrill women on the Labour side, it has to be said. But I looked up yesterday 
the extent to which Labour MPs in particular had used violent and aggressive language. Now, Jess Phillips herself, I don't condone the attack that um, she's had to put up with the last few days, but this is the same Jess Phillips, who in an interview with Owen Jones referred to um, wanting to stab her political opponents. Um, we've had the Shadow Chancellor, John McDonnell. He's made a series of statements over the years um, about um, lynching people and, um, and, and acts of violence and so forth that he was encouraging. Uh, there, are, there are many, many examples, particularly from the Labour benches, of people using violent and aggressive languages. Um, uh, and this is something, again, Boris Johnson, whatever you may think of the way he's behaved, Labour needs to get its own house in order before it starts condemning others. There's a lot of double standards around at the moment. Um, let us also remember that Caroline Lucas, in the name of the Green Party, or should we call it the Dark Green Party because of its behaviour uh, and the complete fudge it is thrusting on the people, um, Caroline Lucas, as its leader, said that flying was as bad as stabbing somebody. Mm. That is firmly on record. This has been behaviour of the left wing of our parliament who have been in opposition for most of their life uh, and have yet again shown why they are unfit for office, any office. They have used pejorative language to a, a tremendous extent. Even when you think of the community charge introduced by Margaret Thatcher, which actually was a damn good system of taxation, if you studied it. I did study it, and I agree with you. In conclusion, then, in light of all that has gone on in the last week or so, do you still think we'll leave the European Union at the end of October? I think this country, firstly, on Tuesday, with the judicial judgment of the European Union's court, that was the day on which Britain lost its democracy. We do not have democracy in this country anymore. We have an arbitrary rule by judges and lawyers. We do not have debate. We have their edict to live by. I believe that if this is not corrected by leaving on the 31st of October or before, that will be the destruction of the European Union, not just Britain. It will become apparent increasingly to the people of the European Union just how much they lack democracy. Let us remember that the wall that divided Europe from the communist bloc fell as a result of the people in the communist bloc bringing it down, not because it was stormed by the rest of Europe. It was brought down because the communist bloc realized that they could no longer continue to deny their people any meaningful form of democracy. The European Union, if this Go, is carried forward and we do not leave the European Union will be dead in five years. But do you think we will leave? I believe we will because I think the European Union has sufficient guile 
to seek to manoeuvre their way out of the trap they have built for themselves with their complacency and arrogance. Because we in Britain will not tolerate this in the longer term. We are not, by nature, a subservient country. We have been known from the Middle Ages onwards, right across Europe, as the goddams, because we didn't give a goddamn who we tackled to maintain our liberty. Lots to think about there. My thanks as always to Greg, and my thanks to you for listening. See you next week. 